Welcome to My Creative Corner 3, a podcast about quilting, crafting, creativity, with a dash of garden, chatting about current interests, and life in my northern town. You can find show notes at mycreativecorner3.com. You can also find all of my social media, how to purchase a virtual cup of coffee, and all events on the website. Please feel free to stop by and leave a comment. I really appreciate everyone who listens. Thanks for stopping by. Welcome to the podcast. Happy 4th of July. I know I can't seem to make a podcast without it being an extra day off of work. (laughs) Well, it's been a wild and crazy few weeks. I know this week, um, I really have to say the air quality was something I was obsessed with. You know, we've had a lot of smoke in the air from wildfires from all over in Canada, since May and this week it came back and I took a day off of work because I couldn't breathe. It was terrible. The air quality was uh, 250, whatever the measurement is on the EPA um, app called Air Now. My daughter told me about it. And normally we run in the green here, which is like below 50. And today it's 56, which is considered moderate. But we've been running in the orange and unhealthy for a long time, over a week. And it felt like multiple weeks. You know, it's so strange because it was like fog on the ground, but it wasn't fog. It was the pollution And at first it started smelling like burning, terrible burning wood. And then it changed to like a chemically smell. And some people said it smelled like plastic, but I'm not a good judge of smelling things right now. (laughs) So it was weird. It blotted out the sun for days. And it's been really, really weird. Lots of people who have breathing problems, um, asthma, all of that. We're seeking medical treatment and going in the hospitals and trying to get medication and inhalers. And yeah, it was wild, 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 wild. So hopefully it's gone. Uh, The sun has been out since Saturday afternoon, Sunday, and I love it. But with the sun comes... (laughs) blistering hot days. Yes, it's been close to 90 and I think today is supposed to hit 90. So a little garden update. I was so worried that my plants were going to die. I heard a lot of people um, talking about that, especially um, south of me. Um, They lost a lot of their annuals, hanging baskets, and potted plants in the the, uh, garden but I did not lose anything. So I was pretty, pretty happy about that. And I watered a little bit more to cool them off and try to, you know, not much. I mean, I sprayed them off a few times this week and we watered and mowed the grass before the terrible, terrible 
air quality started. So this is something I have always taken for granted. I mean, I've heard of air quality issues in big cities. And when they said it was, you know, not, uh, you should not be outside doing heavy work and breathing the air. I get it now. Wow. I'm wearing a mask. I mean, I found KN95s I gave to a couple people at work who were really struggling. And um, I didn't have to be outside and walking much. And I didn't have to do too much. So I have to say that that my really um, joy and mindful moment this week was when the sun came out and was shining down. I felt like we had, we're in midwinter. It got dark real early, all of that. So if you had air quality issues, the Midwest I know was terrible. And I know there are other parts of both Canada and the United States and North America that were really suffering with air quality. And it knocked me down. And then when the sun came out, I started feeling better and able to get some things done, which is what we're going to talk about. So yes, my mindful moment was watching the sun shine on my plants. And then Sunday, we took a little outing to Lake Huron, one of the Great Lakes, that has a place called Rockport. It's an old limestone quarry. There's still a mountain of limestone there, and where there is limestone, there is fossils. Some really cool fossils I have found in the past. I found pudding stones. I found Petoskey stones. I found coral, horn coral, and other types of fossils and shells that were in the limestone. Um, Brachiopod, death plates, you know, things like that. We're there was an inland ocean at one time in the land that is Michigan. And I learned a lot about that this weekend. You know, if you really want to get into to geology, check out um, several YouTube channels. And I'll have to say I learned a lot about how the formation of the Great Lakes happened with glaciers. So what happened is... Um, in more recent geolo geologic time, once the oceans, they still don't know why the oceans left the water. It was an inland ocean, but it had a lot of the sea life that's the same as in oceans today with coral. And they have found other types of animals in the, in the fossils. But when the glaciers came, it carved away the soil on top and it exposed bedrock and a lot of other geologic things happened and now here we are picking rocks on a holiday weekend we went somewhere where the air quality was clean and the people oh my goodness the people coming up north probably because it was a long potential weekend I had to work Monday but a lot of people didn't but it was wall to wall people getting food was all day event Saturday at Costco and then the traffic because it's about an hour and a half two hours from our house and we took all the back roads so country drives were really pretty kind of going the old ways that's off the interstate and Sunday we were like it's beautiful let's take a little drive and we went to Rockport we usually go there once a year sometimes more often 
I didn't find tons of fossils, but what I found that was very interesting as to why I told you the geology story is that sometimes when you find big pieces of, it's like limestone and other rocks, they have big cracks in them. So my husband likes to crack them, you know, and he's practicing, you know, for one day when he actually finds some flint or chert to do flint napping, which is tapping the rock like ancient people did and made, you know, tools. So he was cracking the rocks and lo and behold, in the middle of the limestone, which is about 3 billion years old, according to Google, embedded in it was this brown thing. And at first I thought it was like a seashell, a petrified shell. It looks more like wood. It has area in the middle where it would have been probably where the plant had the vein or they got nutrition and it's ridged like a piece of wood. I was so excited. So he pulled that off the matrix of the rock because the rock was actually kind of big and we didn't want to bring the whole rock home. And I took a picture of it and put it up on TikTok and Instagram. It's in a reel. But it's really very interesting because it's dark brown, chocolatey brown, ridged, and it has that lighter spot. It's definitely stone at this point, encased in a three billion year old rock. I was so excited. It's like so fascinating. So as I was sitting on this rock beach, because it's not full of sand, it's rocky, I'm looking out over the water and I found some coral fossils also, just kind of thinking about questions and how questions can be answered so easily through YouTube and Google, but looking at the vast area of the water and how I was touching something that had been around for so long and was so old. And there was this interesting connection of time and space. So that was another really interesting mindful moment of finding these old fossils and maybe it's a petrified piece of wood. I'm going to go with that in my imagination. I'm not going to take it anywhere and have it looked at. It would be more trouble than it's worth, but it's very cool. So that was really um, kind of my nature and garden update. The garden's maturing. Um, nature is getting to the midsummer Dog days of summer are coming, the midsummer peak of growth and flowers and animals have had babies and they're growing. So when you go out and about, we, we saw deer and turkeys and things like that. But this is not the time of the year to see the elk when you're out and about. And we haven't done too many trips into the woods because you need to have four-wheel drive. And that vehicle is waiting to be repaired. It's drivable but not safe enough that I want to take it out in deep into the woods on a many hour long drive. <laughs> so with all of that, this weekend, I have been inspired. I've been working very hard on long arming. So I long armed two custom queen sized quilts. It has taken me months, months to get it done at like 
one row at a time or one zone at a time, 15, 20, 30 minutes, because I would get tired and my legs still swell when I stand for a long period of time, which is part of the long COVID thing. But I'm getting stronger and it's coming back. My brain function, it feels like it's all starting to come back to me. Just keep on doing meditations every day. So I did that. And when those two quilts were done, they did take me an incredible amount of time. But I've had them for a year. I didn't overcharge this friend of mine much. It was just it was therapy for me. And I overdid the custom work on it just because I wanted to try to do something special because I had thought I had lost my ability to visualize and I couldn't long arm anymore for customers. Well, she picked them up and called me back crying and was very thankful. It's a wonderful story of it. She got those quilts at a time where she needed some joy in her life due to family emergencies. And I needed a boost that I still know what I'm doing when it comes to long arming. So I got another quilt. It's a wedding quilt and I'm working on that and I'm going to get it done. I'm down to the last row and I want to deliver that this week. And then I'll have a little break from quilting and long arming because I'll be on vacation next week. I'm going on a solo trip via the airlines to go visit my daughter and her children and her husband. And I've been to visit our son a couple of times, but my husband normally drives that particular trip. Driving is very hard for me. Riding for a long period of time is exhausting. But I want to say we scored some direct flight airline tickets from Detroit to Norfolk and I'll be able to just go and be on the plane only a couple of hours. So it shouldn't be as exhausting as the car ride, (laughs) the car trip that we took over spring break. And we're going to be hot. So we're just going to plan on probably doing a lot of indoor things. And the kids have all had some terrible sickness and have been on medicine and to the doctor many times since their school got out over the last several weeks. So we're not overdoing anything. Maybe a couple of small adventures that involve um, chicken sandwiches and ice cream and crafts, lots of crafts. I know there's tie-dye stuff from the last time I was there. So as I was surfing the internet this week and scrolling Instagram, my favorite creative popped up and said there is a free fodder school that's starting next week on vacation. So what is fodder, fodder school? It's actually for mixed media artists. And I have always wanted to be a mixed media artist, but I never learned how to do it. So I've got inspired by her Instagram feed because she's used watercolors and like Zentangle and pen drawings on the top and cutting them out of watercolor paper is one technique and she's making collages. Um, Karen Elaine Creative is her Instagram name and it's so beautiful. It's so beautiful. She folds papers and makes books kind of like the junk journal where people are using scrapbook paper and multimedia 
books. And my friend, she has the Vintage Journal on both Instagram and TikTok. I am an acquaintance of hers. We've met face to face at Highland Games, actually. So she does that kind of junk journal, and I really like it, but I don't want to invest and have a big old, what's the word, stash of scrapbooking things again, because it's so expensive. And I didn't want to reinvest in things that I've already gotten rid of, but I do have Micron pens. I found at work, I had taken right after lockdown, my gel pens and my what are they called? Oh my gosh, I'm having one of those brain moments. Um, colored pencils. Oh my gosh, I had a huge collection of colored pencils. As well as I'm going through my uh, drawer, I found acrylic paint and I've watched a couple of videos by the people who are doing the free lessons for fodder school. So Karen Elaine says what they do for collage is they make their own fodder, whether it's painting on watercolor paper, other media, and drawing, doodling, stamping. Um, some make fabric and use hand stitching into their pages. And I'm like so inspired for the first time in several years. Now, if you remember during um, the pandemic, I did a quote art journal. I was trying in my first little foray, shall we call it, into multimedia. I saw people making little pockets on pages and tags and using all kinds of upcycling bits of paper and lace and stickers. Well, this is a little bit higher end in the art creative part versus just using a bunch of fodder. So this is Fodder School. You make your own. Now Fodder School is um, put on by many people and you can take the full-on course, which is several hundred dollars for a one-year-long course. I am more of a self- uh, learner and I taught myself music like that and I like the process of exploration and there's so much free things out there if you look you can find it I'm sure these teachers put on highly produced and wonderful wonderful classes but I'm all about saving money and upcycling so I found free lessons and I'm going to take the free lessons they start next week They'll be put out over the course of two weeks and you can watch them until August 4th, I think. And then they take them down. It's kind of like the um, cricket um, forums, if you will. And while I'm gone, there's a flower making one. And I'm pretty sure I know how to make the cricket flowers, but you get a lot of freebies with it. So I'm going to download those patterns. But fodder school is more about techniques and I'm sure they sell their product and this is a great way to meet teachers and the format. So I am so excited, but I couldn't wait. So this week I started getting, uh, I found my watercolor pigments and I started practicing just doing a color wash on a page, drawing flowers and cutting them out and trying to, I'm trying to assemble a bouquet right now. So it's a lot of fun and it's a lot of time and a lot of thinking and playing with different textures and media. 
totally appealing to me and I think it will also help me in my other areas of making like quilting or needle felting, even cross stitch about picking colors and see how they work together. So anyway, I am loving the idea that free classes are going to be presented and I can watch them on my own time, be inspired, take notes, all of that. So you're making collage fodder. Now, what else have I done creatively over the last couple of weeks? I finished my Red White in June. I wound up stitching two products that are Fat Quarter Shops patterns. I did the um, USA stamp and then I did the cherry tree, which is in the Summer Memories book by Susan Aki. I used two different 14 count Ada. I used the blue gingham for the USA stamp. Kimberly Jolly did that. And I love the, I am like loving those ginghams. I'm going to buy them in all the colors. The other one I thought sparkly 4th of July cherry tree. It's not quite red, white, and blue, but it's on this. Yeah. It has embedded sparkle glitter in the Ada cloth and the tree is cherries and green leaves that kind of looks Christmassy to me. And so I've been inspired about seasonal things because someone said you could change the color or the fruit and make it one for each season. Now, Kimberly Jolly on Fat Quarter Shop's um, floss tube also took Stitchy Stars and has it colored for all seasons. And they've also done a quilt pattern for table runners of those stars. Lori Holt did. I'm tempted to buy that. Um, but I really, really like the idea of seasonal colors because I love the stitchy stars. My I hope is to make a drum with that long strip. But I haven't done it yet. But I will. I will. I will. I just have to... Um, be ready and mentally prepared because <laughs> it's a learning process. So that's what I've done. And I continue to catch up and be up to date on my temperature cross stitch. It's been blistering hot and they're in my favorite color zone, which is purples and pinks. So loving it. Now, the other thing that I have been working on this summer is my 100 day project, which is part of that fodder um, school and collaging because it's all about making. So we talked about what I've been making and I'm kind of going where the creative energy takes me. I'm not really having any goals or outcomes or mastering any one thing, but I'm very excited about working on some things that I just talked about. But the other part of my summer 100 day project or my summer theme, if you remember, it's meditation. I've been doing that every day because I have found since I had long COVID, I've always done some deep breathing exercises, mindful living, um, quick break meditation, but Headspace is a great app and I've been using that. I have one more trip to the chiropractor and all of his um, meditation programs show that I have really, really improved. So I think I'm coming to the end of my chiropractic needs and my rehabilitation of my body and mind from long COVID. Now, 
I'm not back to normal, but I'm getting there. And even my primary care said, maybe over the next six months, it should continue to improve. So I've been meditating because I find it very helpful for my mental health, being at peace, having an open mind, um, lowering my levels of feeling overwhelmed or anxious, which is anxiety is both a mental health problem and it's also a medically induced due to my medication program. And, you know, it's life. It's part of life. So it's been very helpful. And Headspace has a podcast if you want to listen to it once a week. They talk about um, people's questions about meditation. And then they have like a five-minute daily mini podcast. And it's out on any podcast catcher. And you don't have to be a a subscriber to Headspace. But, you know, you can get it for a pretty good price. So the meditation is ingrained in my practice now. And I'm also working on another thing for my summer theme of M's, meditation, making, and music. I've been getting my mandolin out. At first, it was every day for the first couple weeks because I could not, oh my gosh, I could not remember where my fingers went. I couldn't coordinate my left and the right hand to, to use a pick and strum the notes. My intonation was horrible. Tuning was a nightmare, but I've got it down. It came back. It, it has flooded back. And reading music is like an old language that I learned as a kid. This is why music lessons as a child, if you have children or grandchildren, highly recommend because your brain is a sponge at that time and it can absorb it so quickly. And I have been picking um, the mandolin back up and I'm picking up speed, shall we say, on these jigs. They're not, say, quite half, but they're not up to tempo. (laughs) So overall, that's been coming along. And I've been so inspired. My son is a musician and he has a part-time job where he leads worship in the contemporary music with all the computer programming and tracks, plays guitar, sing. So that's been inspiring for me to get back to playing music. He was um, invited to be part of a pit orchestra or a pit band. It was two saxophones, a bass player, a drum kit, a keyboardist, and him on electric guitar for a musical review of Greece. It was phenomenal. It was so good. And he goes, uh, somebody he knows, or maybe a YouTuber said, if you want to get better fast and like get your musical chops going, be in a pit orchestra or band. And I have done it many times. And I'm going to tell you, you have to learn things fast. You have to learn an incredible amount of stuff. And he reads music, but it's been a long time. So it was really, really super fun for him. And the people who were in all of the, they had the characters of Greece. They had a chorus. Um, Everybody except for a handful of people were high school kids. I call them kids because they, they're so young, but the rest of the adults were part of the theater group. And so, so, so fun. One of his friends played one of the pink ladies. And so he got introduced to theater people and everyone in the band, except for one or two people were 
middle-aged or older. They've been in the music business a long time, so he networked a lot. I had the most fun. And that was the weekend of the Highland Game at Holland, which had 75 athletes. And I have been to games where, you know, they have one place for each event. Well, this was so big, they had four, four places for each event. Now, there are 10 events in a Highland game. It's kind of like an ancient Scottish decathlon. And they had enough judges. They had enough volunteers. They had grandstands. It was so much fun. Oh, my gosh. You could hear people cheering and Oh, people came and stayed and watched. They had a band and a beer tent. And in the tent was live music, who are professional recording artists of West Michigan. Wow, it was amazing. They even had some vendors. And I just had the most delightful time. I really and truly didn't think I was going to make it. I was so tired and exhausted in, in the middle of a inhaler change to get something my insurance company would pay for. That's a whole nother topic of aggravation. But everything came together. And my son, our son, came to that. So I just feel really blessed that I've been able to see my parents at the Elma Highland Games and saw my kids um, either a couple weekends ago or next week. So it's been great. And then my husband and I had this fabulous trip to um, getting some rocks at the beach. And he was flying his drone and practicing. Now, some other things that we've been watching and learning about is laser cutters. I would love to get one as a retirement project for him and I. Um, but you know me, I love making things and learning things. So that's something that will be, you know, coming up in the future. <laughs> so overall, it's been a very, very good couple of weeks. And um, if I didn't say earlier, I'm reading through my notes, I did get some needle felting going um, with my summer theme and I made a three-dimensional ball and I am practicing some 2D flat lay things. You know, it takes practice and patience. Uh, it's coming along. I'd like to make some like pins that you could use or brooches with the needle felting. I've seen some and they're really pretty. I like the three-dimensional ones like a bouquet of roses. Those are super, super pretty. And I have to say that with all of the air quality issues, I did a deep dive on houseplants and air quality. So there's a lot of controversy about that, right? If you go on and read, there's a lot of conflicting information. And I found, though, that there is one plant that seems to be hardy and easy to grow that anyone who spends a lot of time inside could have. And that's a snake plant or a mother-in-law's tongue, I guess they've been called. Now with the re, what do we call it? A resurgence of popularity in house plants. You can buy snake plants in many colors and varieties. And I have one that my son started in high school with a horticulture class that they did a cutting 
And so it is over t- probably 12 years old. And they said in this article that snake plants were one of the best plants to have in your home or office for air quality. And now part of the air quality deep dive is there was some mold remediation in the 100-year-old building that I work in that has terrible um, window air conditioning that's old and nasty and not efficient and blowing all kinds of dirt around as well as an old boiler system for the heat in the winter. So anyway, it's not the best. So they said that for a 1,500 square foot home, you needed a dozen to 18 snake plants all throughout your home, and it would do a phenomenal job of purifying the air. And I thought, you know what? That's super cool. It's a natural way to have great air quality in your house, and snake plants live a very long time. They're a little bit of an investment on the front end. So I bought one that looks more like the bird's nest, but it's a snake plant. And it's got dark green insides with a yellow strip on the outside. Now the um, old snake plant I have has sent up many babies. So it's a nice clustering of plants, but it's the emerald green kind with no um, big splashy leaves. And that's pretty typical if you take a cutting, they revert back to the mother plant genetics is what this article said. So I thought, how fun. The other plant that is very good for air quality, which I have two of them at work, is pothos, which is a very easy to grow plant. And you can take cuttings and cuttings and cuttings and have a million of them. They're fast growing, easy to root so if you're into air quality and house plants, some people say that this isn't as efficient. I say, well, mm-hmm. I think that house plants and plants in general have been cleaning the air in um, the world for a very long time. <laughs> and I'm, I'm all for it. So I have all my plants clustered into a beautiful west window right now but I think snake plants grow in pretty much zero natural light so I'm going to invest in more over the next year until I get myself a lot more than the two pots of them that I currently have and that is um been into science and doing research um so what have I been watching well time team came up with a new season this summer and they did an Anglo-Saxon cemetery and it was the best editing. They are not on the BBC anymore. It's a privately funded through Patreon's YouTube channel, but free for everybody to watch. If you're into archaeology and history, it was great. I absolutely loved it. The other thing is we've been watching the new season of Jack Ryan It's still good, but don't watch it and try to stitch at the same time. The first few episodes so far, you gotta be 100% paying attention because you'll miss something. So we really enjoyed um, the first few seasons of Jack Ryan. I'm enjoying this season of Jack Ryan, doing a lot of YouTube stuff with um, fodder 
collage fodder and um, the laser cutting, you know, things that people who are doing reviews on them. And other than that, I am looking for recommendations. I do like mm, not real big soap opera type of shows. Um, oh, yes, we have Curiosity Channel, which has a lot of mysteries and ancient histories. Um, things like the Bone Detectives and things like that, which are super cool. We've been enjoying. And there was another ancient, um, it was, I can't remember the name of it. I'm pretty sure it was on Curiosity Stream, maybe Amazon Prime. But it was a archaeologist with a New Orleans detective. And his investigations was... Um, solving murders. And so he teamed up with her to look at the bones of ancient people um, that were found all over um, England, as well as in a couple of other unique spots, even King Tut. And they were kind of talking about, you know, doing, they did 3D models, they did reconstruction, they did MRIs, they did bone testing, all of the cool things to like, what did they eat? Where did they come from? Also, how did they die? And a lot of them were violent crime deaths. And it was very, very interesting. I am totally into that. I can't watch violent shows like my husband's into the the new season of The Witcher and you know Vikings and all those, but they're so gory. I can't watch them. But I certainly love myself a good mystery. So I want to say my last thing that I have been inspired by and I'm working on and going to roll it out next year, starting in probably January or maybe December, is Riley Blake has come up with a new door banner quilt. Now you can buy this for about $48 a month on Fat Quarter Shop, 12 designers 12 door banners that are pieced or appliqued and they're seasonal. So, you know, January looks like winter, you know, all the way up through. And I really wanted to buy it. But again, I'm like, no, I am not buying new fabric. I have enough here. I'm sitting on a gold mine of all of the fabric between what I inherited, what I've purchased, what I've been given as gifts. And I thought about it and I consulted with a couple of my friends. I'm like, this is a really expensive way to get some patterns in a small amount of fabric. But that's the rules of Riley Blake's club. You have to join the club and you're part of it for a year and you get kits sent to you with the pattern every month. Now, if you know me at all, and if you don't, I'm going to tell you, I don't like applique and there's a lot of applique in this. So why set yourself up for having applique kits that you're really going to hate making, but they're so cute. However, I got looking through my Lori Holt book and a couple of other patterns as well as freebies online. And I'm like, well, I don't have to design them from scratch. They're seasonal things in all of Lori Holt's books, as well as a lot of her freebies on, on her YouTube channel and other freebies out there like you know, she has a tall pines um, tutorial that could be winter and something with a heart for February and four leaf clovers and flowers and pumpkins and apples. I have all those patterns. I'm like, mm. 
I love me some Lori Holt right now. And there's no applique if you don't want to. She certainly does have applique if you want to go that road, but not me. <laughs> I'm not, not a fan of that. I like doing English paper piecing and I'll applique by machine sometimes, but it is not my favorite thing to do one bit. So I have to say I am in the planning stages of what I want to do for my monthly door banner because I have a perfect oversized door at work. Now her, the Riley Blake um, are 20 by 36. So Kimberly was given some of the details and I'm like, okay, that would be good because then when I retire, I can still use these on a standard door home, um, home door. There we go. And hang on them because I've been thinking it would be great to have seasonal things. See, I've been really inspired by seasonal things. And um, so this is the project that I'm working on that's quilting based. Um, I'll keep you updated as I go. There won't be free patterns or anything, but I'll tell you what patterns I'm using and where I got the information. So maybe you could make your own door banners and I'll talk about them each month next year. Well, that's about all I have to talk about today. And I want to say, have a great day. If you're like me and it's 4th of July, I have the day off. I've been blessed with a job that I can do that. Enjoy your day. Be safe. Be well. And I hope you all have time to be creative and make things. And I will do show notes and I'll put some links about the things that I talked about in the show notes. And I always end on, I want to thank everybody who has given me a virtual cup of coffee. That would be Barb. That would be Diane. That would be Gail. Thank you for your your unending support. And I want to thank everybody who comments, who likes, who shares, because that's really how we get this podcast to more people and we can keep our conversation going. Um, you can join the Facebook group, My Creative Corner 3. It's been a little quiet lately because I've been kind of not feeling great with everything going on, but I'm going to keep posting. I posted a little bit about my collage making, my first attempts this week. And you can always buy a virtual cup of coffee at Kofi if you would like. It's not required or necessary, but it sure helps defray the cost of having a podcast. So thank you all. I want to thank um, Kristen of Simple Handmade Every Day for giving me the idea to maybe design my own <laughs> door banners and um and for all of the support that each and every one of you give. So until next time, quilt on and take time every day to make something, even if it's 15 minutes of play. Have a good one.